consumers increasingly willing to draw down what remaining savings they have and turn to credit cards. So I, I don't think that we're seeing upward momentum in any of the components in the third quarter report. And in fact, also, as pointed out, durable goods, when we strip out those other uh, components and look at the, the core of business investment, is starting out the fourth quarter particularly weak. So I do think this was a welcomed reprieve relative to six months of negative growth at the start of the year, but this is hardly indicative of strength for the underlying economy. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. Yes. The EU, the European Union, the UK, the British have higher inflation rate than we do here. It's not the fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch prime minister and health minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. And I will speak in English, so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now, this turned out to be a cheap lie. Do you expect Cashman uh, to come back? He's not on a contract anymore. Do I expect mm -hmm. Cashman? Why wouldn't I? I mean, you guys need to call Hal, man. I, <laughs> what did Hal say? Nothing yet. <laughs> so I, I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Your leadership, Mayor, thank you for the warm welcome. So here's the thing. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus, right? Just there's something about the, and, and most of us, many of us went to school on the yellow school bus, right? And it's part of, it's part of our, our experience growing up. It's mega, mega trickle down. Mega, mega trickle down. The kind of policies that have failed the country before, and will fail it again. Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 106 here on October 27th, 2022, with the election just right around the corner. And we're in for a mega, mega triple down, co-host Mike McKenna. What do you think about that? I'm sort of sad that it's a uh, mega, 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 makes a mix a mix a lot. I, we need to get Sir Mix a lot on this show so we can talk about a mega, mega, mix a lot. The mega, mega trickle down. I love it. <laughs> it just, <laughs> I, is it me or is the whole country getting stupider? Uh, 
I don't know about that, but I do love a yellow school bus. That's for sure. God almighty. I mean, the 350 million Americans. These are the two you guys picked to lead you. What's wrong with and everybody? Then, and then when uh, Nancy said she wanted to change the subject, I'm not sure that's what she meant. I'm totally in favor. Possible. I'm totally in favor of changing the subject from inflation to cost of living. I, again, I whatever. It's a good thing she knows how to trade stock. That's all I can tell you. All right. And then, of course, there was the cheap lie about Pfizer because we all had to take the shot to help to protect each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, you, you're, you're the one who tracked that down. So that's why I put it in there, because you had me on a COVID, a COVID uh, coverage lockdown. But COVID. Apparently, well, the the I mean. This that I'm not one of these people who like lies awake at nights worrying about conspiracy theories, but you know, I wrote two columns on this back in the heat of combat and saying, Hey, these things aren't vaccines, right? They don't, they don't like the data is just hey, they don't work, right? They don't work like vaccines. For my troubles, Facebook, you know, banned the posts. Um, and I just remember thinking, What, what was inaccurate in those posts? And now we have. Well, you just weren't towing the line, you know. That's all. I'm a little. I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about how this whole thing happened. And and the good news is, and I've said this for a couple of years now, two, three years from now, we're going to have a pretty good idea of um, all deaths um, over a five-year rolling average. I suspect they're going to look suspiciously um, like a like a like they're supposed to on a graph, right? That that there's going to be some people have some some. Some splaining to do, and I and I think, and this is something that not everyone's going to like, but it's the truth. We're going to talk about it in the 2024 campaign, and we're going to talk about it in the 2024 Republican primaries. Well, we're, we're talking about it in the 2022 campaign, and I'll bring a couple of those up later. Um, you know, Biden got his 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 booster. The Biden, you know, Biden got his booster to show the world what you got to do. And um, this this is the same guy. I just want to remind everybody. This is the same guy who not four weeks ago said the pandemic is over. Yeah. And you know what else I heard today that New Hampshire was going certain parts of New Hampshire were going back into a mask mandate because um, they reached some numbers, some some trigger uh, from from way back that they didn't update or change. So I, you know, I was hoping you were going to tell me some parts of New Hampshire were going back into Canada, but oh, well. (laughs) All right. Um, announcements. What do you have? Anything? <clears throat> yeah, I want to welcome Andrew Rosenfeld to the podcast. He, uh, you know, to podcast listeners, he uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, you know, he he has finished destroying San Francisco and has decamped to South Carolina, where he is obviously going to try to destroy South Carolina. So, best of luck on that shore, um, Andrew. And uh, welcome, welcome make- to the family to the unregulated podcast. Come by, come by, and come by and be on the podcast next time you're in DC. Unregulated, but never duplicated. He he said in 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 a critique. I think it was a critique. Maybe it was a compliment. He said that sometimes we seem like we're on a bit of a war path. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> shocked I, is couldn't, he I couldn't tell if he was like like i said there's gambling going on here is it a compliment was it a criticism what is it <laughs> all right well i don't have any uh, specific announcement but i am looking forward to all souls day and all saints day coming up and you did ask about this this mess on my face 
this yeah, facial yeah. hair. When are you going to shave? Oh, you're going to shave after Halloween. It is specifically for a costume. The family theme costume is back this year after a two-year hiatus. The children decided that they liked that better after all. So we are going as insurance characters. And you're going to be... I'm going to be Doug. You're going to be the middle-aged white guy? Doug, Doug. Doug. And my daughter's... My youngest is going to be Limu Emu. I'm sorry, Doug from State Farm? Liberty Liberty Mutual. Oh, is he the other guy in the car in the commercial? He's the guy who's... He's, you only pay for what you need. Yeah, you only pay for what you need. Yeah. You only pay for what you need. Yeah, the glasses really make it. You don't really need the beard. Oh, I got the aviator. I got a wig. I got the whole gamut. Uh, we'll, we'll put a photo in the show notes. Yeah, no, next, we're not. Next week. No, we're not. Uh, That's daughter not is, other daughter is Jake. Jake, like Jake, everything's okay? Or Jake, Jake from State Farm. Oh, Jake Farm. from State, State Farm. Farm. Yeah, okay, sorry. Wife is Flo, and of course, my youngest, uh, not my youngest, but my son is uh, is the gecko, the gecko gecko. So should be fun. Should be fun. I'm 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 hoping you're getting some money from this from the life and from the insurance. <laughs> no, but you know that that's a good idea. Maybe we can get them to yeah. Not only that, but maybe they can sponsor the unregulated podcast. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Fresca, fresca. I'm sitting here <laughs> drinking fresca. So. All right, I'm drinking water from my hydro flask. Feel like a feel like a 40 year old producer. Throw all these hashtags in the. I feel like a 40 year old 40 year old woman from Long Island. I'm drinking fresca. All right, uh, this day in history, I, I've only got two for you. Yes. And and the second one will segue into our baseball conversation to get it out of the way. So that's a hint. This first one, though, is 1904. Uh, at this very moment, in fact, at 2, two o'clock or so in the afternoon of, of October 27th, 1904. Hmm. Yeah, you got me. I have no clue. Uh, wait right. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Panama Canal was opened. No, no. Rats. Uh, no, but rats is a good hint. Uh, the... The Panama Canal was invaded by rats. I can't. No. <laughs> what do you got? The New York City Mayor George McClellan yeah. takes controls on the inaugural run of the city's innovative new oh. rapid transit system. Yeah, the subway. Sure. The subway. Sure. 118 years old, really? Yes, sir. I, I can honestly tell you as a as a new as a native New Yorker, um, literally nobody celebrates the birthday of the subway. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a necessary uh evil at it, this point city right? city would be impossible without it we'd be up we'd be up to 30 feet in horse manure every day some 4.5 million passengers take the subway in new york yeah so back during the reagan administration when i was working on urban mass transportation um the one statistic that struck out of my mind stuck out of my mind was in dc about a million people took the metro every day. This is back in the late eighties. Um, took the metro every day. For purposes of comparison, about a million people took the Lex take the Lex Avenue, Lexington Avenue line in New York City every day. It's that it's you know, that's that's just exactly how big and impressive that that um subway is. So Yeah, absolutely. And so and nowadays people are getting pushed into the tracks with no consequences. So it is, but I digress. No, you don't digress. I'll I'll tell you this truthfully. As a New Yorker, it's your greatest fear. It is your greatest fear. 
uh, when you go down in the hole, you're like, you never like anybody standing behind you because it's just your your fear getting pushed into the train. Yeah, and in DC, it's only if um, Kevin Spacey's behind you. Oh, <laughs> did not see that coming. For, for a couple of reasons. All right, 2004, 2004 on this day, October. On 27th. this day, 2004, the Boston Red Sox finally won a World Series. Yes, sir. That was First a really since 1918. Yeah. Um, they they lifted the curse of the Bambino, which plagued them for 86 years. Yeah, not really. I mean, they still live in Boston, so it's not like they not like they lifted any real curse. They just they they just don't suck as much. But they still have to live yeah. in Boston. Well, I will say this: uh, that was the year that the Yankees uh, blew a three-game lead in the AL Championship Series, which cost me a tremendous amount of money. Uh, it cost me an all-expense weekend in Boston, uh, courtesy of Romola Musante. So, Romola, if you're listening, if you're not listening, you better start listening. If you are, I will never forget how you ran up the bill on that weekend. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> if you are listening, go to hell. Okay, and that also leads me to this. To, you, uh, you wonder why we're not marketing the product better. <laughs> <laughs> it also leads me to two things. One. The rant by Michael Kay, I don't know if you heard it, I'm not going to play it, but he essentially was dumbfounded that the geniuses in the back office decided to use that very series as the motivation for the Yankees being down three games in this last ALCS yeah. against Houston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The... um. You know, Michael Kay is about the same age as, as me, um, and he's been a Yankee fan for, obviously, his whole life, right? I think he grew up in Queens and now lives out on the island somewhere. Um, it's very difficult for these guys who are, who are um, you know, who are basically in the, in the pay of the, of the team, essentially. I mean, really, they, yes, network, but as a practical matter, yes, network really only has a couple of, you know, a couple of clients. Um, very difficult for them to say anything about about the team management. I'm glad somebody's finally getting to it. Um, you know, Kay's got a big voice in New York. He, he has influence. Um, well, apparently not a lot because yeah, uh, I mean, it, not enough. Heard a clip with Derek Jeter, who now all of a sudden is a big Yankee guy again after uh, yeah. want, wanting nothing to do with the team for a few years. But I'll set that one aside. The, there's an article in Sports Illustrated. It ran um, two days ago. Here is the headline. Yankees expected to retain Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman, per report. General Manager Brian Cashman and Team Manager Aaron Boone are expected to be brought back to the organization next season. Yeah. You know, According I'm to the report, Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner is expecting to bring Cashman back. He's of his, his contract expired. Yeah. So he didn't even have to be fired, Mike. He didn't even have to be fired. He merely just had to not be resigned. Yeah. Uh, can I make two observations on this, which I hope are quick, but likely not to be? Um, I think the Yankees announced it yesterday that they would be. I'm not sure if they announced it or just made it obvious or whatever, because it was all anybody was talking about on ESPN this morning. Um, two observations really quick. First off, Yankee fans get what they deserve. 
fans get what they deserve, right? The reason why the Cubs were terrible for so long, the reasons why the Red Sox were terrible for so long is because their fan bases tolerated it. And the Yankee fan base um, is now acclimated to a fairly high level of mediocrity. You know, hey, we're getting to the American League Championship Series. We're losing it, but we're getting to it. We've been to the playoffs for like 21 of the last 23 years or whatever. Great. But we can't get over the hump. You know, back when the Yankees really were terrible in the late 60s and early 70s, the fan base stopped showing up. They stopped watching the games. When the Steinbrenner, when George Steinbrenner brought the team, it had to get better or it was going to go under, right? Um, the only solution to this problem is if people stop buying tickets and stop watching the games. I myself am going to stop doing that. So that's thing one. Thing two is, um, I, I am I'm re I am readjusting my spring uh, and and summer schedule next year, and plan to join you in that. Um, I I don't want to devote as much. Yeah, and my fan, uh, our listeners will probably be happy. I'm not devoting as much time to following this team as I have. No, why would you, right? It's a casual interest for me at this point. I'm just, it's, I'm done with it. Exactly. And, you know, for a guy like Kay, it's his life. So, you know, it's his career. He's got to deal with it every day. So the second thing I want to make a point about, and I'm going to write up, I'm going to write something up on this. The, the thing about Boone is, right, he's a, he's a, he's a uh, transmitter, right? Yeah. He, he, he doesn't actually manage the team. The guys who do the analytics manage the team. And I want to say something about analytics, because right? I know I know a lot of people out there. Oh, analytics, data analytics is the answer. Is the answer is the answer. Let me tell you something about data analytics real quick. Um, data analytics can't give you an answer. All they can give you is a probability. Um, and by removing the human element from what is sports, especially, but all in fields of human endeavor, business, politics, whatever, by removing the human element. Data analytics makes us um, poorer, and it 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 delegitimizes experience and wisdom, right? Um, in, in all fields of human endeavor, if if we are going to become a country run by analytics, and it also delegitimizes or or minimizes the opportunities for innovation and creativity, right? Because people will just be like, we have no analytics on that, so we don't know how to assess it. Well, so and so too does inter human interaction. That's AKA right working from home all the time that so 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 what i'm going to say is a, a a an excessive reliance on analytics and and the baseball definitely has an excessive reliance on analytics makes everybody in the long run stupider and poorer um and just generally less good and i'm not saying analytics don't have their 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 place but they have a place and their place is not at the top of the food chain and the Yankees and the rest of baseball, by making analytics the top of the food chain, have have are in the process of destroying the sport. There's no accident. Well, it's no accident that attendance has gone down 15 years in a row. Yeah, they keep well. We can go into this and we can go on and on and on. But like case in point, yeah, Cole let, loaded the bases with no outs, but you don't take him out and put Trevino in because the numbers say that he's better against. The you know the the folks you know that that's his slot well, you right do. it's his lane that, it's insane it's you do. totally you insane. do they just did they did because they're they a completely analytic driven organization the, I mean you why do you pay Cole the amount of money you pay him you pay him to either get the job done or 
not get the job done, but that's the moment. That's why you pay him the money you pay him to put him in that. Well, moment. I mean, but the problem here's the problem, right? And it, this is a problem in corporate America too. The problem is, is that the manager of the Yankees or of somebody's section in the middle of a large corporate bureaucracy, it doesn't matter. They are not allowed to depart from the analytics. They are now. They're not allowed to say, you know what, this person is is going to perform well here. I have confidence in their ability because the analytics say, uh-uh, move it to somebody else. And Aaron Boone moved to somebody else, just like corporate America moved to somebody else. Yankees lose, you know, and there's no way to go do an analytic on something that didn't happen. So, right. you know, we're just, we're always so, assessing so what I'm, happened. I, I'm not, I'm less concerned about Boone because at, at Jeter, the part I cut out of that was, is, was there, you know, Jeter said, at some point it comes down to the players. I get that. I would like to see them both gone, but mostly I would like to see Cashman gone. And if that, if that isn't happening, and I've said this before, you know, well, who's going to replace him? I don't care. I don't care who replaces him. He's had, a, he's had more wrong than, he's been more wrong than right on the moves that he's made. Okay, we can move on other than the, to say that the, uh, the Sports Illustrated also reported that the Giants are preparing to go after Aaron Judge in a big way. And, uh, you know. The New York football Giants? No, the San Francisco Giants. To, to um, take it for what it's worth because it's a source familiar with the meeting between the blah, blah, blahs, but that they're basically not going to be underbid. For Aaron Judge, if the if the purpose of the exercise is to win a World Series, good luck. Yeah, well, Yankees have had the Yankees have had Aaron Judge in the prime of his career now for six years, and have not been able to even get to a World Series. So, um, I'm not saying he's the cause for that failure, but he obviously isn't the cure for that failure either. So, and and who are the who are the gamers? Gee, who keeps asking that question? <laughs> All right, we will move on for the sake of our fans. The hell with to election guys. stuff. Yay, election stuff. Yay, unless your fan is Ramona Musante, in which case, <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> the first order of business is the American Energy Alliance released our congressional scorecard. Uh, the scorecard, of course, ranks members of Congress, the House and the Senate on whether or not they promote affordable, abundant, and reliable energy, expand economic opportunity and prosperity, particularly for working families and those on fixed incomes, giving Americans, not Washington bureaucrats, the power to make their own energy choices and encouraging private sector innovation and entrepreneurship. It is no surprise that um, nearly every Democrat scored pretty lousy. Uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, particularly surprising Democrat Henry Cuellar from Texas, who talks a big talk but votes with Nancy 85% of the time. Um, likewise, Jared Golden, with a actually he scored slightly better, uh, 30%. Uh, but others, uh, Chris Pappas, Susie Lee, Elaine Luria, all the quote unquote moderates uh, in the Democratic Party are scoring anywhere from 11% to 0%, including your buddy Abigail Spanberger. 
So uh, pretty, pretty, basically the Democrats voted in lockstep with Nancy Pelosi and the Green New Deal, pretty much this entire Congress. And we had 177 House members achieve 100% score, the energy champions, um, and six senators received the honor of energy champion, uh, while 14 of those who are up scored below 75%. So scorecards out, uh, you know, voters, we're going to put a link to the, uh, to the scorecard in the show notes. So our listeners can decide for themselves where their elected member ranks. Although I suspect a lot of the audience is from DC and you could pretty much kind of guess that in the first place. So. Okay. How did I do? Did I do okay on the scorecard? Uh, you do not score, sir. Are you an elected official? I no, I probably should be. It'd be fun. I mean, all for, right. For, so for the we, two years that it lasted, we had a few debates this week. We did. We sure did. We had the the now uh, saturated Fetterman Oz debate. Yeah. Uh, I am not going to play a lot of clips from that um out of respect uh but i will play this one you're saying tonight that you support fracking that you've always supported fracking but there is that 2018 interview that you said quote don't support fracking at all so how do you square the two oh uh, I, I i do support fracking and i don't i don't I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Of course, it's a little bit of a contrast with this. And uh, I think there was more than one reference to his lack of support for said technology. Uh, I've, I've always supported fracking. I don't support fracking uh, at all. And I never have. Um, yeah, I called for a moratorium on fracking. There's no such thing as a green fracker. I'm not pro-fracking 2016 fracking moratorium pledge that Fetterman signed for an environmental watchdog group as well as a 2016 tweet he sent while running for U.S. Senate. I don't uh, support fracking. I, I think it's something that has to eventually go away. Uh, and I would like to see it you know, transition out. So in fairness, Mike, Dr. Oz was critical of fracking when he was uh doing his theatrics on television for his program well the good news is there's no fracking in new jersey so he doesn't have to worry about that <laughs> Ouch. any thoughts on that debate slash sure uh, yeah absolutely if 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 the democrats had nominated a better candidate or replaced mr lieutenant governor fetterman with a better candidate they'd be winning this race if the Republicans had nominated a better candidate, this race would be over. It can't just, you know, not, this is not complicated, right? There's no way that um, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman is going to win that race. We're going to have Senator Oz in the Senate, Dr. Oz in the Senate. And I know all the Republicans are like, yeah, that's great, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to tell you right now, he's going to be, and I said this like six months ago when we had this conversation, he's going to be a nightmare in the Senate. Just to tell you that right now. Uh, yes, indeed. So what you're saying essentially is strength of the candidate matters. Yeah, I mean, it's not always dispositive, but in circumstances like this where you have um, a guy who obviously can't be a senator and a guy who probably shouldn't be a senator running against each other, you're you're 
You're only left with one conclusion. It is a sad and tragic moment for the great and sovereign Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I'm sure. I'm sure Billy Penn didn't have this in mind when he uh, when he set the place up. Yeah, old Billy. All right. Here was another. Uh, there was another debate this week in a race that is tightening. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, and I've been asking for months, and my opponent still can't finish the sentence. You can't expect her to ever fix it. But New York leads the entire nation in population loss because she actually got asked this question by the media a few weeks ago when she was at Binghamton Airport. She probably would love to have a redo because she messed it up that time. For me, you ask me, why does New York lead the entire nation in population loss? Because their wallets, their safety, their freedom, and their quality of their kids' education are under attack. So they're hitting a breaking point. They're looking at other states like the Carolinas, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, and elsewhere, and they feel like their money will go further, they'll feel safer, and they'll live life freer. So that was, of course, Congressman Lee Zeldin, who scored very well on the American Energy Alliance scorecard, running against the incumbent governor, Kathy Hochul, in New York for the governor's mansion. Yeah, you know what struck me about that? So I talked to Lee right at the top of this campaign, right? I wrote him, I wrote a piece in the Washington Times. I did a, did a pr- pretty big interview on him. First, first one I'd ever done. Um, and it shows. Um, but um, those are exactly what Lee was. Those are exactly how exactly the topics and how he was talking about it. Um, that must have been 10 months ago. Right. He had a really clear vision of what he wanted to run on. So um, so I'm kind of impressed. Right. I mean, that's almost that is almost like exactly what he said to me 10 months ago. And, you know, I guess the thing is, is, you know, you got a problem the size of, of, you know, the magnitude of New York's, you diagnose it, the diagnosis doesn't change that much. I mean, he's added crime into it, right? But I, I, I think he's going to win. I, I, I've written that, in, I've, you know, written that in a column that showed up in the Times this morning. I, I think he's going to win, um, but it's going to be super close, and, and it's going to be a pretty stinging rebuke to the, to the, um, Kind of like the Jersey structure. governor deal threw everyone off guard, right? Yeah, I think that's right. You know, and, and I think Lee's going to be a great governor. I mean, he's just he's just a good guy, right? He's you know he's he's a very nat- competent. He's a native he's a native of Long Island. You know, he he wore the uniform, right? He did a couple of deployments. You know, wife, number, couple of nice kids. You know, he's he's just a he's a boring regular guy, and he you know he's the kind of guy who's probably going to be a great governor because he is a regular guy. All right, I got one more. Another one that is surprisingly um, tightening as well. Here it is. I'm pretty sure I just heard an audible gasp around town when Gretchen Whitmer said that kids were out of school for three months. Perhaps she wasn't paying attention to what was actually happening. Even We even had schools that were closed this year. This is shocking to me that she thinks that schools were only closed for three months, or maybe she thinks she can convince you that schools were only closed for three months, but you know better because your students are the ones that are desperately behind. And the test scores show that she's being dishonest about this. She's being dishonest about even trying to get into these schools to get the these schools back on track that is uh candidate tudor dixon running against gretchen whitmer in the great state of michigan yeah i think it's another case where um you know dixon's been talking about crime and she's been talking about schools and um she's been catching whitmer right she started off about 18 points down She's probably about three or four points down now. Actually, she's probably about one or two points down now because surveys, and remember this, kiddies, um, the surveys you read today were actually done four or five days ago. So they're not, they're not, that's right. You're not seeing it in real time. Um, I, again, think that 
Dixon's going to win this race in Michigan. I think we're going to find the somebody's going to find the million or two million dollars that she needs in the last five to six days to um, to get over the finish line. And you know, Widmer is a lot like Hochul in New York, right? Um, you've been a straight you've been a straight downhill run for about the last six weeks, and you know once yeah. you, you know, once you get on one of those, it becomes very difficult to arrest the slide. Yep, absolutely. Momentum, right? Yep. Um, and, and another another reason why you, you question sometimes early voting, right? Because things happen between October, you know, September and November that, you know, cause you to go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I, mean, I should have waited a little later uh, to make my decision unless you're just a pure partisan. Who I was going to say, I think everybody who votes early is is locked, right? They, 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 yeah. it would, it would take some kind of homicide to, um, change your minds haven't done one of these in a while but it 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 slots right in here very well um our co-host of the unregulated podcast the washington times seems to think it's wise to make said co-host mike mckenna a commentator at their venerable establishment and your last piece october 26 yesterday midterm predictions republicans will roll Give us some highlights. Yeah. Washington Times. Yeah. Um, huh. um I, I think the Republicans are gonna basically win everything they can win. Is I, I can I can make it more complicated than that, but I think they're probably gonna go to two hundred and thirty seats in the House. There's some people who think it's like two forty or two fifty. Possible, but the reality of it is there aren't that many um there aren't that many seats open really. So two right. two thirty in the house, two thirty two, something like that. Uh, 53 in the Senate, right? Um, we're going to hold Ohio um, and uh, Pennsylvania and um, uh, whatever the other state was that we need to hold. Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Wisconsin. Yeah. Ron Johnson, right? Yep. The, you know, Johnson. Johnson's um, run a great campaign. You can read the column. Basically, Johnson's run a good campaign. He knows how to win close, and he knows how to pull his ticket mates over, right? Um uh, Tim Eccles is going to win that Wisconsin governor's race because of Ron Johnson's operation, just like Trump won in Wisconsin in 2016 because of um, Johnson. Uh, Pennsylvania, um, I think Oz is going to win. I thought that for a while now, and, and the debate certainly didn't change my mind on it. The Fetterman campaign made a mistake by having it this late in the cycle. They should have had it during the daytime about six or eight weeks ago. Right. But by just having like, uh, Governor uh, Hassan or Senator Hassan is having her. That's right. Debate in the daytime, right? So. Yeah, it it, it 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 makes sense, right? I mean, if you if you have a candidate that you know is in trouble, you you try to hide that debate. Um, right, exactly. Um, in so, with, so Georgia's a pickup. In Georgia's a pickup. In, Arizona's a pickup. That's right. And the only the only the only place um, the only place that's still an open question is um, well, I have two places that are open questions, right? In New Hampshire, um, you know, Maggie Hassan could get beaten. I don't know if. I don't know if General Bolduc can beat her unless he has some some more cash. Maggie um, has Senator Hassan has a zero score on the American Energy Alliance scorecard, and she only won. You know, she won by uh, one thousand seventeen votes last go around, right? About forty eight point seven percent of the vote. So you know, this is not somebody. It's not like she's gotten any more solid. So we'll see how that goes. The other thing is out in Washington, um, Democrats. You know. Patty Murray's dipped under fifty percent. Right, the latest latest public polling out there has her under fifty percent. And um, 
Democrats just shipped another two and a half million bucks out to the state of Washington. So Smiley just refuses to go away. So, so that's the Senate, right? Figure, figure 53 um, with a possible runoff in Georgia. It, it sort of depends. Kemp's going to win that thing by 10 or 12 points and Walker's going to trail right along behind him. There's a libertarian who might get like 2% of the vote and sort of screw everybody up, but we'll see. Um, in um, and the governor's race, right? We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna lose Maryland and uh, Massachusetts yeah. in the governor's races, but we have seven we have seven um, governor's races that we that the Republicans can legitimately win. I think they're gonna win at least um, six of them. So um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, turn of events. Yeah, um, you know, the uh, the summer. The, 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 all the talk was about how this this momentum the Republicans had, which I argue never they never really had momentum. Well, they didn't. Democrats, no Republicans. Before the summer, it was oh before the summer, yeah, 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 Republicans, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, this is tightening. Could be blue hold. Um, I argue the Republicans never really start like got their ground. Uh, until in sometime in the middle of the summer and have been rolling ever since. Yeah, I, I like to think yeah. of it this way, right? This is a 70-30 campaign. And by that, I mean this. Um, about 70% of the people care about three issues, right? Inflation, crime, and border security. And that same 70% think the Republicans are going to be better than the Democrats on all three of those issues. That's the real story here. And the 30% are the percentage of the voters who care about abortion and gun control um, and whatever you want to call the January 6th thing, right? Um, you know, and if you had to pick, you know, which side of an election you wanted to be on, the 70% or the 30% side, you'd want to be on the 70% side. And the rest of it has been a, a slow roll downhill for um, for the Democrats. It's it's going to be, uh, I say this in the comments, it's going to be a good night, Um uh, you know, but everybody, I, I always caution this in elections. I'm going to caution it now. Minimize your expectations because as soon as these guys take the oath of office, they become elected officials. Yeah, and that, yeah, you know, yeah. that means that, you know, they're always looking for ways to not do stuff that needs to be done. You know, nobody, that's right, which is why we exist. You know, nobody, very, very, very few people get into politics to be um, heroes, right? Um, you know, that heroes are guys who, Go out and get shot. Heroes are doctors and nurses. Heroes are teachers. Um, heroes are not elected officials. Don't expect them to be because they're not. Anyway, so yeah. so that that I got to tell you one quick story about this. Um, yeah, man. Usually, you know, I turn my columns in and nobody says a word to me about it. Right? Everyone's like, "Hey, great column, you know, thanks." Um, this one I got no fewer than four emails from various people at the Times. Like, are you sure you want us to run this? Put your name on it, that kind of thing. They're like, you know, because this seems like, you know, accountability. I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, accountability in Washington. Gosh, I was, yeah. just, I was like, yeah, I'm like, great. Like someone asked you if you were like, you know, concerned about that. It tells you everything you need to know about this. Town. Well, you know, it tells you something about like the, the, just the right, the whole town. And, you know, do you really want to do this? I'm like, yeah, why not? I mean, just, let's man up. Yeah. Let's sack Heck up. Yeah. Let's sack up and just do what we need to do here. Anyway. All right, so in your article, you mentioned this, but also the Wall Street Journal had a larger piece on this, which ran just yesterday and was updated today. GOP has a chance at Oregon governorship for first time in four decades. Uh, Oregon Oregonians might choose a Republican governor 
As voters look for new leadership to take on homelessness and crime, former Democratic State House Speaker Tina Kotek and former State House GOP leader Christine Drazen, Drazan are running evenly at just under 39%, according to the polling average on website 538. Uh, and of course, this is what the race where Betsy Johnson, a former Democrat state senator, has run uh, for governor as an independent, and she's pulling about 14%. But the interesting thing is she seems to be pulling more votes away from the Democrat than the Republican. So last time Oregon had a Republican governor was when Ronald Reagan was president. Yeah, I want to say 1987. Right? It's been 35 years. 82. Um, 82. I, think he have, I think he left office in 87. But But the... Yeah, the last time we voted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last yeah. time the governor was eighty-two. That's right. Yeah. Um, so any, yeah, it, it it you know I had a, I had a long conversation with a guy from the northwest about this the day before yesterday, and he's like, well, you know, we're going to win the governor's race, but it doesn't matter because we're not going to have the legislature and blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, okay, well, that's one way to think about it. Here's another way to think about it: gives you an opportunity to build the bench a little bit. Um, Heck yeah. We'll see how it goes. When is it not good to have the governorship? I, mean, I yeah, well, that's, that's like this, the best job in the country. Yeah, this guy's argument was, you know, all it does is set you up for failure. I'm, I'm like, sure. Okay. <laughs> Just right, exactly. More, like, all right. That guy's more cynical. Wait, you found somebody more cynical and jaded than you and I? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I, you know, as even though you have all this happy talk, I wouldn't get too excited, ladies and gentlemen, because the Democrats have rolled out their secret weapon. This is from the Washington Times again, our our uh, our co-sponsor here of the Unregulated Podcast. With election day around the corner, Democrats deploy Dave Matthews. <laughs> Democrats <laughs> running in the background while I read it. <laughs> Democrats running right in Marquis races are going full jam band in the home Making stretch of 2022. <laughs> Turning to musician Dave Matthews, <laughs> jazz up his devoted fans and get them and their uh, and others marching to the polls. Marching, I like it's marching. I get it. That's really great. It it, it is now the time when I point out that Dave's actually from South Africa. Did, Mr. Matthews will be fresh off hitting the stage this week in North Carolina and Ohio, where he sought respectively to boost the campaigns of Democratic hopeful Sherry Beasley and Tim Ryan. This is so embarrassing. I'm like, to Dave, you know, whatever. Okay. Democrats on election day. Well, you know, it makes sense. I mean, it's as there's a lot of. A lot of symmetry between his de his demographic and the Democrats' demographic. All these guys drive Volvos. Usually, half of them driving their mom's Volvos to their events. So you know, eh, I suppose it shouldn't surprise anyone. Still, are any more election stuff before we move on to energy? No, 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 uh, no. I I, um, I expect it's going to be a a pretty good night. I expect everyone's going to want to take a lot of credit and blah 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 and. You know. Well, that, you know, the hard work begins the day after the election, right? So. Um, yeah, unless you've been working the campaigns in which the hard case, the hard work began 10 months ago. So, right. But I'm saying in terms of getting them lined up and, and keeping them in line. So, because, you know, right away, we got to clear the barn, remember. Select Committee on Climate Crisis. All right, let's go to energy. Uh, okay. So, one, I just have one on energy. This is from Reuters. Uh, yeah. This was the 
morning. U.S. diesel shortage increasingly likely until economy slows. U.S. diesel supplies are becoming critically low with shortages and price spikes likely to occur in the next six months unless and until the economy and fuel consumption slow. Yeah. Stocks of diesel and other distillate fuels lows were just 106 million barrels. The lowest for the first time of year for the, t- the lowest for this time of year since US and US EIA started collecting weekly data. Um, yeah. That's like what? A couple weeks supply. Yeah. 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 Diesel diesel's coming. Diesel's coming for you guys aren't watching this, but I've been watching this diesel mess for a while. Cause it's been coming for a while. Diesel's going off in New York Harbor at about 200 bucks a barrel. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a lot, right? That's a, that's a, was a hundred percent markup from 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 everything else. It it if you if you forget all the rest of it, next time you're at a gas station that sells diesel, just take a peek at the price of diesel. Right, um, it's about a it's about um, about a buck fifty, buck sixty more than gas, and yep. it and it's going to be and this is this is you know both diesel and heating oil are going to become difficult i don't want to say difficult to find but they're going to be difficult to find in the north in the northeast this year this winter right um it's it's a pretty significant problem and no one's talking about it except the guys who buy diesel right trucks Um, yeah well i mean but we will all find out about it uh because you know little monster that we're talking about inflation yes and and you know nancy wants to change the subject to cost of living but let's do it because this is going to blow that number uh, up, basically. And interestingly enough, the the solution uh, that was referenced in the article is a slower economy, well, and less fuel consumption. Well, okay, so 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 uh, just two things real quick about about food prices because this is where it's going to first, right? Every there's no such thing as farm, the farm economy without diesel, um, and the two biggest inputs, price inputs now into into food is um diesel right the energy to move it around in in trucks and tractors and stuff like that and then the second one is fertilizer right which is made exclusively of natural gas not exclusively primarily made of natural gas right um which is off i I think it went off at eight bucks this morning on the spot um you know so food prices are going to cost a lot so that's thing one i want you to have in your head the other thing worth worth thinking about is this reuters report i don't know who it is i don't know who wrote the story it's uh john kemp i don't know that guy um but he's honest, right? Yeah. The, the only thing that's gonna the only thing that's gonna change this, um, given this administration, is a recession, a reduction in demand, because this administration is never going to do anything to allow anybody to produce any more oil and gas in the continental United States. So you know, and I don't. I'm glad to see that somebody in the press has finally just sort of embedded that in their thinking. Instead of saying, well, the only thing that'll save us is more production. They're like, you know what? Screw that. That's not going to happen. Let's go to what really might happen. What really is going to happen is we're going to have economic destruction, demand destruction. Yeah. Let me take that back. He was not the author of the article, but he's the one who forwarded the article. It doesn't, it doesn't list who the author was. So yeah, I just got an email forward. So we'll track it um, and get the, and get the reporter for you. I imagine so. Um, I've been aware of this diesel problem for about three months. I got to imagine, um, given the, the usual time lag, that means the White House is going to have some kind of summit on diesel here in about three months, right? Usually about six months behind the rest of the world. So let's figure that. So what does that make it? Uh, 
uh, early February. Let's call it early February. We're going to have a summit on diesel. Um, and I'm, I am, I have it on good authority that um, my friends at the Institute for Energy Research are going to have a um, some some really skippy, high quality, <laughs> top gloss blog up on this on Friday. So yeah, you what a uh, you you uh, read my mind. In fact, it's a short story, Tom. All right. <laughs> All right. So I this is a little segment that I call. I oh, wait. Are you done on energy? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a little segment I call things that caught my eye. Uh, I I usually see stuff and I'm like, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's weird. But uh, but but I decided to add I, I've add a few of them to this week's podcast. The first was, uh, I don't know if you saw or heard about this, but there were some signs in the wharf down in uh, the district, the wharf district here in DC, which yeah. used to be where they sold really good cheap seafood, but now they just have a bunch of yuppies and, and, and millennials running around. Mm. The sign said, no masks are, <clears throat> no masks are allowed anywhere on district wharf property to help keep the waterfront safe and enjoyable for everyone. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> All right. So, here was the tweet the wharf put out, had to put out after getting blowback. We apologize for the poor trashing of our recent mask signs. Health and safety are the wharf's top priorities. The intention was to discourage Halloween masks for the safety of all residents and visitors. The signs have been removed. <laughs> There's that one. All right, gang. <laughs> all right. So here's another thing. And I was thumbing through the wall street journal today all right and i know that they've been gone for a while but i just i it just i just started thinking about it like why did they get rid of the dot portraits like where did those like i guess the technically the term is stipples okay you know what i'm talking I about? i know exactly what you're talking about yeah well, they're gone really they don't they're not look at the First of all, I don't know the last time you read a hard copy of the Wall Street Journal, but I have it delivered to my house. They're gone. There's no, I haven't seen them for, I don't know how long now. I have it delivered to my house. Well, you so, know, you rich, kid, you, you rich kids, you're like that. Got to check on your trust fund, make sure it's still doing well. Easy. So, so producer, if you can, or any of our listeners, you can tell us why the Wall Street Journal killed their famous dot portraits. Uh, I would, I would be very. My guess curious. is, is because trust fund babies like yourself, like demanded, okay, they that's, think gone. That's, so, so you could save an extra four cents. That's okay. simply enough, sir. Thank you. All right, and almighty, you rich people from Buffalo. <laughs> what the hell? I got another one, and this is a continuation of our. I don't want to say theme, but but uh, <laughs> you, you remember the um, the the coach, uh, his qu quote last week about you know being matched up against another the, the tampa bay head coach yes right? yes todd Bowles. all right so i was uh and in doing research i i was uh i stumbled upon this old clip from morgan freeman on 60 minutes with mike wallace black history month you find ridiculous what? you're gonna relegate my history to a month oh come on what do you do with yours which month is life history month? No, well, well, come on, tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month not. is Jewish history month? <laughs> oh, oh, why not? 
Yeah. Do you want one? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism and stop talking about it? I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. I don't know if you caught that one before. Have you heard that one? I have not heard that one. And I'm I'm very grateful to Mr. Freeman to do what he does. I, I, I would only say Same one. theme. Many, many years ago now, Mike Wallace has long since passed. So. It, 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 I would only note one thing real quick, and this is partially being a New Yorker, right? Um, people are different, and my attitude is always, that's okay. Um, you know, you do recognize differences, right? Like That dude's a black dude. That, that dude's a black dude. That dude's a Jewish dude. That dude's an Irish dude. The trick is not to, you know, pretend there aren't differences in, in visual appearance, trick is is to not worry about it right we're all children of god um and that's that's the that's always the tricky thing with any human being you deal with the hardest thing to do is to realize that god loves them as much as he loves you and and that's just that and that's just very difficult very difficult that's why religion is so tough because it's the core of it's the core of, of religion and it's very very difficult yeah, that's why I shouldn't make policy based on religious dogmas. You should. We don't. Yeah, yeah. That. it 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 is what it is. Okay, anyway. uh, here's another here's another one for you. <laughs> I thought this was interesting, um, and uh, well, I'll just Bono. Uh, this was Bono. A quote from Bono on what he has learned as an activist. Quote: I thought that if we just redistributed resources, then we could solve every problem. I know now that's not true. The off-ramp out of extreme poverty is, ugh, commerce, it's entrepreneurial capitalism. And there's this whole article in the New York Times about Bono still trying to figure himself out, right? Like, so I thought this was interesting because do you remember a few years back that he and uh, our current pontiff had a, a, a sit down? Yeah. Where they both like took turns, like trying to out like trash capitalism yeah yeah it, so it um you know i'm I'm super glad right i'm super glad that that um you know that bono has finally figured out the world at 60 years old that you know and i disagree with the new york times thing i, I read it i was like you know it made it sound like he was wandering around i'm like on this thing he's not wandering around he gets it he, he's like you gotta you gotta you gotta um you have to figure out a way to incentivize people to do stuff and, uh, you know, hard work and all that other stuff. And that's what that's what lifts people out of poverty. And good for him. I'm glad that that can't be an easy thing to say. Right. Because it, it, it's coming to something fairly late in your life that, you know, hey, I, I was wrong earlier. I mean, how many honest question, Tom, how many males over the age of 40 ever say, hey, I was wrong. I made a mistake about that. I do about once, once or twice a day uh, here in the house. I'm talking uh, about outside their family just, to like right, to, to, to like the public kidding, to keep the peace. I get it. I mean, no, you know, I, no, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I'm beloved. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But so, I mean, seriously, how 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 many times have you ever said, you know, hey, I was wrong about something that used to be really important to me. I was just wrong. No, I yeah, it's good. And like you said, along the lines of, we got to take them when we can get them, right? 
there, there are are not enough of us to begin with. So when we have those who are coming around and or are converted, then what are we looking for? What are we looking for, Tom? What are we looking What's at? For? What are we looking for, Tom? Strength in Con- numbers. Converts. Converts. No. Okay. Converts. Converts, not heretics. We're looking for converts, not heretics. All right. Well, uh, that ends my uh, my little uh, segment of things that caught my eye this week. Any best and finals from you, kind sir? Nope. Or should we let our listeners loose? I was going to say, let them go. All right. Well, let's close out with this. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is the... <laughs> Peace out, everyone. Episode 106 in the books. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Namaste. Hey.